Trayvon Martin, an unarmed black teenager, was shot down by a white neighborhood watchman who claimed self-defense. This one involves the video seen around the world by now showing a man named Eric Garner being taken down by mostly plainclothes police officers while being placed under arrest. One of the officers employed a chokehold. Latest on Sandra Bland, the woman who was found dead in a Texas jail cell three days after being arrested during a traffic stop. It's a story that is unfortunately familiar to many Americans. We turn now to yet another police-involved killing. 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant shot dead by Columbus, Ohio, police officer Nick. New developments about the killing of a man in his own apartment by an off-duty Dallas police officer who thought she was at her own apartment. First responders in Colorado are facing 32 combined charges in the death of Elijah McClain. The 23-year-old died in police custody after being... Case after case showing how police brutality has disproportionately affected black people in this country. Black Americans make up less than 14% of the U.S. population, yet make up about 27% of the people killed by police. To put it another way, black Americans are killed by police at more than twice the rate of white Americans. It's a pattern that has sparked countless protests in recent years here in the U.S. and globally. Blocking the roadway. You are unlawfully assembled. You need to disperse immediately or you will be subject to arrest. Do it now. One of the latest victims of police brutality was Ivo Otiano. The 28-year-old black man was killed in custody at a Virginia psychiatric hospital in March. Otiano died after 10 people piled on top of him for more than 11 minutes during the hospital intake process. This boy wasn't hurting nobody. He had a sickness and illness. And if you were not equipped or trained to deal with the illness, then you should not have showed up to answer the call. The Reverend Al Sharpton delivered the eulogy at Otiano's funeral. He is by now a familiar voice at funerals and standing beside the families of Black people killed in police custody. We try to give them uh, full services because I think that people don't realize nobody signed up to be the next victim or the next family member of a victim. I chose to do what I do and been doing it all my life. They didn't choose this. I am talking to families now uh, that I've worked on their situations 30 years ago, and the media is gone, and then sometimes the community has calmed down, but they will never be the same. You might not come back from a situation like this mentally, spiritually, physically. Police terrorism, it destroys families. For me, I get strength by speaking out, by fighting. Consider this. When individual cases of police brutality fade out of the news, families who lost their loved ones are left to pick up the pieces. Coming up, I speak with two women who have been living that reality. From NPR, I'm Juana Summers. It's Wednesday, April 5th. Support comes from our 2023 lead sponsor of Consider This, Capital One, offering their premium travel card, Venture X. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Details at CapitalOne.com. It's Consider This from NPR. 
I spoke with two women who know the heartbreak of losing a loved one to police brutality. And now, they know each other. Before we get started, I don't think I had the pleasure of meeting Princess, and if I do, I don't remember. Yes, Miss Rice, I'm sending much love to you and positive energy and support to you and your family. Thank you. You as well. That's Samaria Rice and Princess Blanding. In 2014, police in Cleveland shot and killed Rice's 12-year-old son, Tamir. He'd been playing with a toy pistol. The officers involved in the shooting avoided federal charges in a case that made national headlines. Princess Blanding is the sister of Marcus David Peters. Officers shot and killed him in Richmond, Virginia, during a mental health crisis in 2018. Blanding helped pass a state law named after Marcus, even though she says it doesn't do enough to push for police accountability. She remains an outspoken activist. We brought both women together on Zoom and over the phone to reflect on this moment and what it's been like since their lives were torn apart. I started with Samaria Rice, and I asked her how she's feeling eight years after her son, Tamir, was shot and killed. A lot of um, sadness and disappointment, heartache and pain. A lot of rage and very emotional. Nobody in America could tell me why I don't have an indictment for my 12-year-old son that was murdered by a Cleveland police officer. So that's kind of how I'm doing these days. I have my good and bad days. It's not easy. And Princess May will mark five years since Marcus was killed. What What's on your mind when you think about that? You know, I'm, I must echo some of the things that uh, Ms. Rice said, you know, the pain will never go away. It, it will never go away. The That day is ingrained in my brain and, and May is coming up again. So every birthday, every every May, you know, it's it's that void being put in your face that your loved one, in this case, that my brother Marcus David Peters will never come back again. And, you know, I am very unapologetically a mad Black woman. The system has given me and, and quite frankly, all Black people reasons to be mad Black men and women. And to make matters worse, last January, I lost yet another brother at the hand of police, but this time in New Jersey. So, um, it's like the pain doesn't end, whether it's it's my loved ones, uh, you know, or it's, you know, Tamir Rice, you know, whether it's Tyree Nichols, like there's always another name. So the, the pain continues to just grow deeper and deeper. Um, first of all, Princess, I'm so sorry that you've had to deal with the loss of not one brother, but two. I didn't see as much national coverage of your brother, Marcus David's death is other names that are often invoked when it comes to the deaths of Black Americans at the hands of police. What has that experience been like for you? Uh, I, I, I I literally was just thinking about that same question uh, and, the, and the same feelings over the past, you know, couple of weeks after the other young man, Mr. Uh, Ivo, was killed here in, in Virginia. And the reason why that came back to mind is because this young man was experiencing a mental health crisis as well. The little attention that my brother's case did get was because we didn't back down, you know, because the media put out the the message, crazy black man, you know, and tried to make immediately the victim, the criminal. And what I'll say is that, you know, from the lack of coverage, you know, from me kind of getting into the frying pan with these players, I understand how this political system works. So it doesn't surprise me anymore. Samaria, your son's death 
garnered a good deal of national attention. It is a story that many of us have heard and sat with. I wonder if you can share a little bit about what it was like to be thrust into this incredibly massive spotlight while you were grieving your loss. It was horrific. It was horrible. I had two children still in school at the at uh, in this process, and you know I was given ultimatums to do this and do that, and uh, very um, overwhelming because I'm still a mom and I still have two children, and I just had a new grandbaby and my oldest daughter. So again, uh, to be thrust in the limelight, it wasn't easy. Uh, it was not easy. It's never going to be easy. You might not come back from a situation like this mentally, spiritually, physically. Police terrorism, it destroys families. Me and my family have PTSD to this day. And America should be ashamed of themselves. There's no liberty and justice for no one that's Black in this country or brown. I'd like to invite both of you to weigh in on what's happened nationally since you lost Tamir and Marcus. As we sit here, there has still not been federal police reform passed. To each of you, what do you want federal authorities to know? Samaria, I'll start with you. I think the DOJ is very cowardly and um, the whole administration up there, they have blood on their hands. And if they okay with that, God be with them. They should cease fire on black and brown people in this country. That's what they can do. That's the first and most important thing that they can do. And Princess, what about you? What do you think that federal officials need to understand? We the people have a lot of power when we unite. When the people come together, we move mountains. Um, I am a strong believer that we must take some steps to include ending qualified immunity. I am a very strong supporter of defunding the police, but I also understand what it means. When we say defund the police, we mean allocate funds to systems of community care and service. Police officers shouldn't be the ones responding to a mental health crisis. I also very strongly believe that we must abolish the police. Policing, if you go back to its inception, was never designed to ensure liberty and justice for all. So we can't expect for that soil to produce flowers that were never planted there. So we must abolish the system. And I'm not oblivious. That scares people as well. We abolish it, but we have to put together, we have to build a system that works for us all, that prioritizes community care and safety. So that's where I believe that we must go as a people to force the government to take those actions. Princess Blanding is the sister of Marcus David Peters. She's also an activist and former candidate for governor in Virginia. Samaria Rice is the mother of Tamir Rice. She's also founder and CEO of the Tamir Rice Foundation, an Afrocentric cultural center in Cleveland, Ohio. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Juana Summers. <laughs> 